Well, the 2023 Razorback recruiting cycle is coming to an end, and Arkansas has their signing class as well as a few transfers. So let's break it all down with Richard Davenport of WholeHogSports.com and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Arkansas football has their recruiting class all set, as well as a few transfers, as signing day officially happened, which doesn't have as much pomp and circumstance as it once did, but still a big deal nonetheless. And to join us and talk all about this class is Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and WholeHogSports.com. And Richard, it's been a while, man, but appreciate you joining me. How you doing? Doing well. It has been a while. Look forward to it. Absolutely. So let's just look at the generally speaking recruiting class before we get into some of the specifics. How do you feel like Arkansas fared? Was this about what you expected them to do? Was it better? Was it worse? Just give us an overall pulse of what you felt about this recruiting class. You know, going into the early signing period, it's about what I expected. Uh, you know, you, you kind of heard that uh, through the grapevine, there was maybe uh, uh, one or two defections possibly coming up, and, and that's what happened. Nothing, nothing unusual. It wasn't a mass uh, defection of uh, – prospects but uh, a few and that affected the, the class a little bit but overall it's about what I expected uh, how they ended up and as uh, far as rankings and and uh, in the SEC it's a, it's about what I expected. So now that uh, they have the early signing period which a lot of these players were a part of too I guess the one that everybody was kind of waiting on I think Pittman even joked about it saying that this was the Shamar Easter signing day because that was really the big one that they were waiting from uh, the recruiting class from high school. So uh, what was his process like and why was he one of the few guys, which he's a highly regarded player, but why did he wait until this signing period to sign instead of earlier during the early signing period? Well, obviously he had a great relationship with Dow Loggins, who, uh, you know, now is the uh, OC at South Carolina. And that relationship was very, very strong. So when that happened, that kind of threw him for a little bit of a loop. And it happened right, right before uh, the signing period, really. So uh, he thought it was best to, to make an official visit to South Carolina, which he did. And then I thought, I thought he did something very smart. Instead of uh, trying to sign in the early signing period, make a, a final decision, he announced that he would visit Arkansas unofficially January the 15th, which he did, and got to know uh, Morgan Turner, the tight ends coach, a little bit better. Morgan Turner visiting uh, his first day on the job down in Ashdown. So – uh, I think that sent a message to Shamar that that he was a priority, and then uh, then being able to go January fifteenth, spend uh, a good portion of the day with uh, Coach uh, Coach Pittman and uh, Coach Turner, and and just get a little bit more comfortable. I think uh, obviously that kind of sealed it because he he said sh shortly afterwards he was one hundred percent locked in. I think he I think Coach Pittman said it right. He always wanted to go to Arkansas. He just wanted to make sure that he was making the right decision, especially with a coach that that initially that was recruiting him that went elsewhere. So I, I thought he handled this in a very, very mature way. Well, people are excited about him because he's highly regarded and obviously an in-state kid. And another tight end, of course, is Luke Haas, who 
was a player that some people were concerned about in the early signing period because of the Dow Loggins thing, but he stuck with Arkansas. So just looking at those two guys, Arkansas hasn't really had the tight ends that they did, it seemed, for a 20-year stretch for year after year. It seemed like they had Mackey Award finalists, and then you just had a kind of a draw there. But now you got two guys coming in. Just what do you make of these two particular tight ends, and can both of them play an immediate role as a true freshman in 2023? Yeah, that's a good question. I think Luke is in uh, in a better position to uh, play immediately. Uh, he's on campus right now where uh, Shamar will get there uh, after the spring semester. So uh, Luke uh, will be able to obviously go through off-season uh, off workouts, spring practice. He'll be ahead of uh, Shamar. And I think he's a little bit more uh, ahead of Shamar from a physical standpoint. That doesn't mean he's more physically gifted, but I, I just think he's more developed physically. And in this off-season uh, and being on campus will help him uh, get, get, get there even more so. So I think he's in a better position to possibly play next year. I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I, I expect him to play next year. But uh, with Shamar, I, I think if you look at him, he's got all the tools, 6'5", 225, 230 pounds, fast, very athletic, uh, also plays basketball, Ashdown, uh, and also uh, uh, participates in track track and field, I think his upside is just tremendous. He may need a, a year of, uh, you know, being in the oven, so, so to speak, as a red shirt to, to get to uh, get developed and, and be ready for that SEC-type caliber uh, competition. But uh, at the same time, he will, like I said, after the spring semester, get on campus, and he'll have about two months uh, for, for workouts to maybe – who knows? Uh, maybe be able to, uh, you know, contribute next year in the in the fall too. So, Richard, besides uh, those two guys, and looking at the rest of the class, is there anybody that signed with Arkansas as a, that will be a freshman this year that you think will also make an immediate impact, or at least get some significant playing time in their freshman year? That's a good question. There's so many variables that that are involved with that. You know, obviously, you have to have the physical talent. And also, just you're not overwhelmed. Your head's not swimming when you're when you get on campus. You're learning a new system, new terminology, and everything like that. But uh, I think if you look at Jalen Braxton, uh, he's a guy that could uh, uh, maybe give him some uh, uh, help in the two deep next year. He's a cornerback, four-star cornerback from uh, Texas, who had a very good uh, offer list, and it's probably the most highly rated of all the uh, guys uh, that they signed. But I think he's one to keep an eye on. I think one of the linebackers uh, will uh, possibly see the field next year. Carson Dean is one of them that I'm very, very high on. Great, great speed. He ran uh, a leg on the 4 by 100 meter relay in his high school and and ran like, a I think, a 10-7 or 10-8 uh, split, which is crazy for a 6'4", 230-pound uh uh, linebacker, but uh, and then uh, Brad Spence. He Brad Spence Spence, another linebacker from Houston area. He's a, he's a consistent uh, three star prospect, but man, he's very very physical. Uh, just a guy that I think physically is 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 capable of doing that. So I, I think those two guys at linebacker are you know you're looking at those guys that possibly do doing something next next season, and then I. I, I really like uh, – uh, 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 let me look at the list here. 
R.J. Johnson, defensive back, another defensive back, could play safety or cornerback for Arkansas. I know I think he's another one, and uh, he's on campus. So uh, any any guy that's on campus is going to have a, a leg up on guys that, that are not on campus. Well, the quarterback position is always one that people are interested in, and you got K.J. Jefferson returning, which is one of the, going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC returning. You also added Jacoby Criswell, which we'll talk about him in a second, but – Malachi Singleton, I have heard so many great things, and I'm not in the pulse of recruiting, but when it comes to quarterbacks and the type of quarterback that he could be, I've heard some big-time things. It seems like the quarterback room is as good right now as it's been in a while for Arkansas. So you think Singleton will be the guy that eventually could be the starter QB1 for Arkansas here in the next two or three years, or at least maybe when K.J. Jefferson moves on? Could be. I think he and Jacobo Kobe will definitely fight it out. But uh, Malachi, according to ESPN, is the highest rated dual threat quarterback Arkansas signed in the in the ESPN era. Uh, JK uh, KJ Jefferson was, I think, number eleven. I'm just talking off the top of my head. I think he was like number eleven in the country, and uh, Malachi is number eight in the country. So if you just look at rankings, yeah. Who knows it? But I think he has all the intangibles. He, he's he's very bright, a very uh, you know very athletic, a guy that uh, obviously is a true true uh, true uh, dual threat uh, quarterback. Who, when you look at his uh, film, he may be a little quicker and a little faster than KJ. Now, you know how's all that translate uh, when he gets to Fayetteville? We'll see. But he's another one that's on campus and and going through the quarterback room and and, and getting a heads up. Uh, head start on everything so uh I, I think i think the potential is there for him to be an outstanding quarterback at arkansas but uh, as we know e- even five-star quarterbacks there's no guarantee a lot of those guys don't necessarily pan out they end up transferring but at the same time if you look at his credentials uh they're impressive We'll continue our discussion with Richard Davenport of WholeHogSports.com here in just a second. But first, folks, i got to tell you that this year, I know that everybody's excited about the big game coming up, especially when you got the Chiefs and also the Eagles is excited about it. But we're also excited about FanDuel being the latest partner here on the Locked On Podcast Network when it comes to the number one sports book in America. It is FanDuel. And that's the best thing about it is because you might be new to it. You may not have heard it before, but because of that fact, it makes it so much easier for you to jump right in and to be a part of FanDuel. You can download now, and you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you have all the things, whether it's money lines, spreads, over-unders, even down to some parlays and some prop bets. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and super easy to use, which is the most important thing. So be sure to join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, continuing our discussion with Richard Davenport of WholeHogSports.com as well as the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, Richard, uh, another thing too, which has thrown in a whole uh, new deal with this year, I guess the past few years, of course, has been the transfer portal to which Arkansas had a few of these guys already sign and uh, address some needs there too. And so looking at uh, a few of the guys there, just kind of tell us, some of the players that they signed through the portal, 
as well as some of the players you might be really excited about seeing once they get on the field? Well, I think you, you got to look at the receivers, uh, the three big receivers, 6'4", 6'5", and 6'7". Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't looked at what everybody else has signed at the receiver position in, from the portal, but it's hard to believe uh, anybody uh, did much better than Arkansas. Uh, all three of these guys were highly recruited coming out of the portal. And, uh, and, and when you look at size, if you're, if you're KJ Jefferson and you're any quarterback to be able to throw the ball to guys, six, four, six, five, six, seven, the margin for error is so, so much better. I mean, that's a huge target and, uh, you know, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be fun for KJ throwing to those guys. So I think they did very very good at, at the receiver position. I think jo- Joshua Braun, uh, the offensive lineman from uh, Florida, I think he's a, a definitely a good pickup. He'll play guard at Arkansas. He played t- tackle at Florida, but he'll he'll be a guard at Arkansas. I think it's more of a natural position. That's a position that he wants to play. And then I I, I really like the defensive lineman that they got, John Morgan the third from Pittsburgh. I think he's a guy that can come off the edge and trade uh, and Jeff coat uh, from Missouri. He was an all sec guy in 2020 for Missouri, uh, for Missouri. Uh, and he was, he, he was a guy that uh, I think uh, they really needed to get uh, to kind of wrap up at least the, the, the January uh, portal uh, signing class. So I think they did well there. And I, I honestly, I, I think they did, did well in every position that they got out of the portal. Uh, the DBs from Baylor, obviously, uh, are very impressive. So, uh, and uh, I think uh, when you think about Walcott, he's a guy that uh, played at a high level and was very, very productive last year at Baylor, and will be able to come in and play immediately at the, at the safety position. Going back to the wide receivers, you mentioned the size that they have, 6'4", 6'5", 6'7". I mean, that, that's that's massive. So the question that I have for you, Richard, is that kind of what Sam Pittman and this offensive staff looks for? Because they've had some size before, but uh, to go this big where you have guys that are going to be some of the tallest guys on the field whenever they step on it, is that just the type of wide receiver that Pittman and Guyton and now Dan Enos as the OC are looking for? Well, you know, I think college uh, football for the last uh, 10, 15, 20 years have, have gone to the big – tried to go for the big receiver. I think it's just a, a coincidence that all these guys are just bigger receivers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a, that's a huge plus. Uh, but when you, you, you see guys that are that size, that can run that well, that can locate the ball and go for the ball and adjust – just to the ball in the air as well as they do and make some of the catches that they've made and stretch the field at the same time. Hey, go for those bigger receivers. Cause I, like I said, K any, any quarterback would love to be able to throw to those type guys because they're such big targets. I mean, you, you usually look at the tight end position as a, as a position where quarterbacks see big, big targets. Well, you, you got, you got tight end type size, at least height wise, at the receiver's position at Arkansas, and that's going to be huge. And another position I think that Razorback fans are very interested in is at the safety position because, you know, safeties, they struggled this past year. I don't think there's any, any like, getting around that. But they were ad- able to add some DBs, and one guy, uh, of course, that people might be excited about is uh, Walcott from Baylor, the transfer there too. 
I know that uh, he was considered one of the more highly regarded safeties in the transfer portal. So just what do you make of him and also just the safety position in general for Arkansas this year? Because that was a cause of a lot of the problems they had defensively. Have they upgraded massively at that position? I think they upgraded uh, tremendously there. And another thing with uh, with Walcott, yeah, I, I mentioned this in our board and, and talking to him, he's the type guy, you know, you, you're, con- you're always concerned with transfers coming in and do they mesh well with the, the, the culture that you have right now in, in your locker room? I don't think he'll have a problem at all. He's one of these guys that I think even, even, even as a transfer, I think he could potentially be one of the leaders next year just, just because of the type of person he is. He just, he's an outgoing type guy that seems to be team-oriented. That's one thing that really kind of caught my attention. He was talking about how he really liked the team and he wanted to contribute to the team. A lot of times guys talk about their individual goals and things like that. He was talking more like a team oriented type guy. And I think it's very important because sometimes not, not all guys coming out of the portal, they're like that, especially because they're thinking about getting to the league and it's all about getting to the league versus maybe not uh, the team concept. And he's about the team concept. And I think once Arkansas fans get to know him a little bit and see some interviews, they'll see what I'm talking about because he's just a very impressive young man. We'll continue our discussion with Richard Davenport of Arkansas Democrat is in sports.com here in just a second. So stay with us. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Richard, uh, wrapping up, too, with uh, the signing day and recruiting classes and everything. I know we talked some uh, transfer portals and, and the excitement there, too. So my question to you, is there a particular position group that Arkansas either stayed the same at? Is there one that they didn't get better at? Is there one that they still need to work on? Just kind of look at the future and maybe some things or maybe some guys that they can add in. What's position group that uh, still needs some work going into the 2023 season? That's a good question. I, I, uh, I would probably, I would probably say, I think overall they did well, you know, in all, all areas as far as recruiting and with in the portal just maybe uh, another defensive lineman, def- a defensive tackle. They you know they got a, <coughs> excuse me, got a big one in, uh, in Ian. <coughs> excuse me, uh, uh, Jefford uh, from uh, from Georgia. Six, he's like six five, six six, about three seventy, and massive uh, guy that could uh, definitely plant himself right there over the center and and be one of those guys that. Uh, <coughs> can uh, hold up the uh, gaps uh, on either side of the center. But uh, I think they need to add uh, another uh, couple more big bodies inside because I think they got uh, the edge guys uh, out, out of the portal. And uh, But uh, I think with the uh, defensive linemen that they signed from high school, Caleb, Jane, uh, Caleb James being one of them, I think he's a guy that will eventually move inside, even though it, it all depends on how much uh, weight he gains. He's about 6'5", about 260 right now. But if he, if, he, if he gains, you know, obviously another 30, 40 pounds, he'll move inside. And I think he has the capability of, of being outstanding on the inside. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go uh, go inside versus outside. Because, he, he, like I said, he could play either one, but I think eventually he'll be inside. 
And Richard, there's also been a lot of turnover with the coaching staff, a lot of new coaches, some familiar faces. We mentioned Dan Enos. You have a pretty much a whole new defensive staff minus Deke Adams who stayed on. But just from uh, what you know about these assistant coaches and maybe how they handled the recruiting during this period, uh, how do you feel like are some of their strengths, especially in the states that maybe they'll be able to, to really hit home and just their recruiting prowess and their abilities? How have they fared so far just with these new coaches being coming in? You know, it, I think it's kind of early to, to, to fully know. Uh, I think we'll know that probably more uh, as we go through the spring and during the summer. But what what I've been impressed with, uh, with uh, uh, Travis Williams, the defensive coordinator, and talking to, say, Charleston Collins, the uh, one of the top prospects in the state at, uh, at Mills, the defensive lineman, <clears throat> He he made it a he made it a a visit to Arkansas January the thirteenth. After talking to uh, Coach Williams, he came back the following week, and he was supposed to go to Texas. So he he basically he he was really impressed with Coach Williams just just the vibe that he got from him, the energy. I think I think he he's he's going to bring uh, uh, you know just a different element that Arkansas maybe hasn't had at the defensive coordinator position as a recruiter. He, he's very relatable to the kids, but every guy that I talk to that talks to him talks about his energy level. And, I, hey, kids like that. They like that. Uh, I think with uh, Marcus Woodson, the co-defensive coordinator, I think his ties to uh, Mississippi are huge, along with Deke Adams. Deke, obviously, has already been on, uh, on the staff, but uh, both of those guys are Mississippi natives, and I've noticed – the last month or so, so many more offers going out, and had and they've had some kids from Mississippi visit Arkansas. And Mississippi hasn't really been a big uh, recruiting area for Arkansas through the years. They've gotten a few here or there. They they got one this year, and Alex Sanford, the linebacker from uh, Oxford, Mississippi. But it, they haven't really made a lot of hay through the years in the state of Mississippi. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think I think there's potential for Arkansas maybe to get one or two guys out of that state on a consistent basis with uh, Coach Woodson and, and Deke Adams being on staff. But uh, with uh, Coach Wilson being a New Orleans native, I think uh, he'll probably recruit the lower uh, part of uh, Louisiana. And I think it's an area, another area that Arkansas, uh, with Michael Smith, a former receivers coach at Arkansas, really did a lot of hay back, back in the day, along with uh, 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 Fitzhill. Uh, Louisiana used to be a, a big state for Arkansas, and they, they got quite a few guys out of there. Just They really haven't had anybody that had a lot of ties to the state until uh, Coach Wilson showed up. So it's early, but, uh, you know, at least with Coach Williams and Woodson, I've seen a little bit of uh, work uh, to, to judge by. Uh, with Coach Wilson, it's still early. All right, before I let you get out of here, Richard, just it's never too early, I guess, to look at 2024 and that recruiting class. Just how is it shaping up so far? And uh, what some of the things that uh, you think can be going on with that? Is it going to be another great recruiting class for Sam Pittman? Well, uh, you got Kavion Henderson, who uh, defensive end from uh, Alabama, who Alabama wanted, Auburn wanted. They still want. They're, they're still recruiting him. That was a huge, huge get. That Matter of fact, that, that may be one of the best – gets Arkansas's had in a long, long time from out of state to go in and beat Alabama and beat Auburn. Arkansas has been able to go into Texas, go into Florida, 
uh, and a few other places and, and beat the in-state schools, the big in-state schools. But it doesn't happen a lot. To be able to go in and beat Alabama, that, that's impressive. Now you got to hold on to him. But uh, and, and he was on campus last weekend again, so that, that's promising. As far as the 24 class in-state, they got eight guys that have uh, offers from, from uh, the Razorbacks. That's, uh, that's above average. You know, you still have till December for, for other guys to maybe get get offers, but uh, you got uh, you got a lot of guys that you could you can rely on there if you can get them uh, to to jump on board. That's huge because that lessens the number of guys you have to go out of state and get. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Looks like Walker, uh, I mean Walker White uh, from Little Rock Christian, four star quarterback, will be making a decision on Friday. Uh, we'll see what happens there. That, that would be huge. But uh, I, I think right now it's, it, it's kind of early. But, and, and especially with the new, new, new coaches on staff, you're probably going to have to see – you may not, may not see as many commitments in, in March as you, or April that, that you see in the past because these new coaches have to develop relationships with guys and get them on campus multiple times. But, uh, but you may see that uh, come – come uh, in June or July or August where, where more guys jump on board. But at the same time, in recruiting, you never know. Uh, but I, I do I do think that relationships take a while to build and uh, to be able to get guys on campus with the new coaches. Richard Davenport covering all things Razorback recruiting. You can follow him on Twitter at AR Recruiting Guy. You can also check out his stuff on wholehawksports.com as well as the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. R- Richard, really appreciate you joining us, man. It all, as always, it's really great to – catch up with a little recruiting man and uh, enjoy a little time until it gets busy once again, I'm sure there as the football offseason comes along. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, John.